0: So that's B.J. Palmer, Bigness of the Fellow Within, <clears throat> 1949. I love when B.J. talks about this kind of stuff, because if you look at, this is probably one of his most famous quotes, if you look at one of his most famous quotes, what you're going to very <clears throat> much notice is that subluxation is not in there, right? And spinal misalignment and nerve interference and all this other kind of stuff that he talk, talks about isn't there. You know, he mentions the word chiropractic to chiropractor and chiropractic, but after that, it's not mentioned. <clears throat> and the reason is, is because chiropractic isn't about backs, right? It's not about necks. It's not about making someone feel better. It's a really about releasing the inner power. So what I want to do now is just tell you four quick stories that happen either. Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday of this week to illustrate what I'm talking about when we're talking about this inner power speaks. Okay. One pregnant woman comes in. She came in a few weeks ago, hardly walking. She was in such pain. Um, and nothing was working for her. Uh, she had gone to her OB. OB said, I don't know what to do. And the midwife in the practice suggested, why don't you go see a chiropractor? So she found us. Um, and she had called a number of other chiropractors uh, around the, where she lives, um, which is in our region, and she said, do you adjust pregnant women? And guess what all their answers were? No, we don't take pregnant women. So she was getting desperate, and finally she Googled, because uh, her friends mentioned these other chiropractors, but they're like, we don't touch pregnant women. Um, so she Googles us, finds us, you know, Webster certified, blah, 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 uh, comes in to see us hobbling, and uh, usually I do not like adjusting anybody on the first visit, right? The first visit for me in my practice is, is just finding out what's going on with that person. Uh, so but what I said to her is I, I will not adjust you on the first visit because we're going to find out, we're going to write up a report, but I want you to come back later this afternoon, right? So instead of not seeing you until for a few days, I want you to come back later this afternoon. And I adjusted her and called her that night, and already she was saying, I cannot believe the changes that I'm experiencing already after one adjustment, right? And she starts crying on the phone, saying, I didn't know what to do. I'm going away on vacation in a couple days, and if someone didn't adjust me, I would just not be able to go away. I, I was in such bad shape, and now I know I'm going to be able to go away and enjoy my last vacation with my husband before we have this child, right? So think about... (laughs) <laughs> the inner power speaking, right? She, all she needed was an adjustment. There was nothing that anybody else could possibly do for her except for adjustment. And then when she was adjusted, that inner power spoke, right? The, 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 re, we released the prison impulse, the tiny rivulet of force that emanates through her body was able to emanate all the way through her body, and now she was able to have a normal life and go away on vacation. And like this is that last that they call that baby moon vacation, right? The last <clears throat> baby moon vacation before you know she's no longer gonna be just uh, her and her husband. So that's the first story. Second story: another pregnant young lady uh, calls uh, up, finds us on Google, and says, um, "I am 39 weeks pregnant, and I have been to a number of chiropractors during my pregnancy, and all of them are guess what?" afraid to adjust me. They're afraid to adjust anything below my thoracics. And she said, they all come highly recommended by friends, but they're all frightened of adjusting me at, at 30, you know, she started around 33 weeks and she went to one chiropractor and then to another chiropractor. She, everybody's afraid. She said, so I Googled someone who I could trust. And when I, I talked to my midwife. They said find Webster certified. So I found a Webster certified uh, chiropractor near me. In one adjustment, same kind of thing. One adjustment. She was having such horrible round ligament pain that she was having trouble walking. One adjustment, she's walking normally again. One adjustment. So, so many of you say like, oh, one adjustment's not enough to do anything. You don't know what an adjustment can or cannot do. You have no idea the power of adjustment. Even if they say, I don't feel any change whatsoever, you don't know what things happened, right? You don't have a way to physiologically test them. We don't have any start trick you know, trans quarters like Scotty had, right? Remember him, Bones. Whatever his guy's name, Bones. I was like, Bones from Star Trek. You know, and be had to figure out what's happening. You have no idea what your adjustment did or didn't do, right? So don't go thinking, oh, they're still hurting; it didn't work, right? Whether they're hurting or not, you know something is working. So that's the second example. Third example: a woman comes in. This is nothing to do with pediatrics, but just a true story. A woman comes in and. Uh, She's also having a lot of trouble walking. Uh, she's got like this incredible plans, this huge company she's about to, to launch. And she's like, I've been working so hard on this and now my, I can't even move. Uh, and I'm just so afraid that I, I have so much to do in the next several months with the, the launching of this thing and I really need to be at my best and I can't be at my best like this. <clears throat> so we examine her, take x-rays. Her spine is a wreck. I show her her spine, and I turn around, and I look, and she's crying. And at first, I wasn't sure if it was tears, uh, like, of pain, you know, or allergies or something, because you know, she's got a lot of allergies, too. So I said, would you like a tissue? She said, I gave her a tissue. I said, is allergies? Or what's going on? She said, no, these are tears of joy. Now, I have not even adjusted her yet, right? I have not even adjusted her yet. And I said, that's great, like what's, you know, tell me what you're thinking. And she said, finally someone is listening to me. Finally I'm being heard. I feel like I'm in the right place. I feel like I have been all over the place trying to figure this out, and I feel like you understand me, and you get what I'm going through, and you, I'm in the right place. And not to see she's crying during the report of finals. Right? So I adjust her, and call her up, because we always call all our patients after our first adjustment, right? And what do we ask them after on that particular phone call? We do not ask them, how are you feeling? We do not ask them if you liked the adjustment. Right? That's not the answer. What we ask them is, did you enjoy the experience? Do you have any questions? Right? Because I'm not a symptom-based doctor, right? I do not want people to judge whether they're success based on symptoms, although symptom relief is lovely and fabulous, but that's not my point, right? We have a salutogenic model. Salutogenesis means we want to get people to wellness, right? Not get people out of pain, but get them to wellness. So I so says, what do you think of the experience? She said, Dr. Rubin, uh, first off, uh, I, I feel like I was divinely led to you, and I want to thank you for that. And second off, I cannot believe how much better I feel after one adjustment. Fabulous, right? That's fabulous, you, you, you're, I'm so <laughs> excited to hear that, right? So, in mindset, I really, like her spine was such a wreck, I didn't expect that, but when you have the right mindset and you set up the right mindset for these people, they have a different potential expectation, right? You're just going, right, lie down, <sighs> all right, see ya, right, without any explanation as to why they are where they are and what we're gonna do about it, then they have less hope, right, we, we give them hope Right, by showing them what's happening and showing them what we're going to do, and then the fourth patient, another adult patient, <clears throat> I saw her for the first time on uh, first adjustment on Monday. Her exam was last week. First uh, adjustment was Monday. She came in and she also had debilitating lower back pain. And one adjustment, and I'm an activator chiropractor, so all these adjustments were activator adjustments. One activator adjustment, she comes in yesterday. She says, "Look at this, Don. I can't believe this." She said, "I want my husband's going to come to see you. My kid's going to come see you because this is unbelievable. This is amazing. How, and this is just in the last three days in practice, right? So this, it, it, I know you guys are struggling in clinic and struggling with OSCEs and boards coming up and all this other kind of stuff, but I'm telling you the reason why you're doing it is the last three days I've had in practice, right? They're pregnant women and the adults and the kids and all these kind of things happening over and over and over again. And this is the joy, right? BJ Palmer talks about the joy of chiropractic. This is the joy that you're going to have. And it's not because I'm making them feel better, right? It's because what we're doing is we're working with that subtle substance of the soul. We're helping that person change their direction. And it's not about feeling better. It's about like seeing better. Like we talked about last week about Stonehenge and how the, the, the alignment is all about seeing through the stones so you can see the power, right? We have to imagine their spine and their nerve system is not working the way it's supposed to, and we're able to shift that spine and their nerve system to work the way it's supposed to, to release that prison impulse, to allow the force, the power that made the body to heal the body. <clears throat> That's <clears throat> excuse me, the possibilities that you guys have, that you have to tap into. And I know it's hard. Ten quarters is a hard quarter. You've been beat up with scale rad this and x ray that and OSCEs, I get it. I get all the stuff, right? We've all been there before, but there's a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, right? You guys are in clinic now, so make the most of being in clinic. When you're in clinic, this doesn't mean you just get the bare minimums, right? and I'm just going to get, all I need is five adjustments a week, I'm just going to get my five adjustments a week, right? You can certainly do that and squeak by, but is that really building mastery? Right. Right. Do you, do you want to master this art and the science and the philosophy? Or you just want to get through. Right. Just getting through is, is just going to get you a degree. But if you master it, when you graduate, you're going to feel prepared. And the, the last thing I want someone to say, I, God bless you. I had someone to tell me this last quarter <clears throat> is I feel like I did not prepare myself adequately and I should have taken it more seriously looking back. She's about to graduate. She said, I know the sciences, I passed all the tests and stuff like that, but I didn't prepare my, <clears throat> my mind, I didn't prepare my adjustment skills, I just did enough to get by. I just did enough in clinic, I just did enough in peak just to get by. And that's a scary thing to feel like I'm graduating and I don't feel prepared, right? Because this, is, this should be like Olympic training ground. You should be thinking, I am training for the Olympics and the Olympic uh, uh, event occurs when I graduate. So you guys got about like a year left or so. I would suggest you start taking this way, way, way more seriously. And start reading the green books and start practicing your adjusting. And here's a really important tip. Don't practice adjusting only when you're on a human being. Biggest mistake I see students make is they wait to practice their thrusting when they're only on a human being actually doing the thrust. You best get the thrust in your brain and in your brain and in your brain and in your brain brain so that at any point in time, you can go like this, boom, boom, boom. Any point in time, you can do any kind of adjustment in any kind of setup you want. And you know the exact thrust for that person, the height, the weight, the size, the age, everything. You know it because you've done this thrust a thousand times and this thrust a thousand times. If the only time you're thrusting is the five times a week, you're going like this to someone. If that's the only time you're doing it, and you're so the entire quarter, you're getting like 50 thrusts. That is an insufficient amount to train your brain to do something. You all got benches at home, chiropractic benches, made portable benches, and if you don't, you got beds and couches. Start practicing that thrust over and over and over and over. Even if all you do is this, over and over and over again. Your tries and your pecs should be BAM! Firing instantaneously, knowing exactly what it is because that's the big mistake. I worked in the clinic for seven years, a couple of blocks down over there. And the biggest mistake was people are sitting there trying to do something, and I could see in their brains, they're saying, How much force should I put in? That's the wrong time to be asking that question. That should have been decided a long time ago, and the thrust should be instinctual, innate, just popping out of you. You shouldn't have to think, how much should I what should I do? Right. Forget about the poseology. You guys are all great at setting up. You know, you can set up the greatest pose like this, right? But who cares, right? The pose isn't going to get you anything. The thrust is what's going to get you, and you better know what that thrust is going to be like, right? So start practicing now, right? Practicing the thrust, practicing the 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 philosophy by talking the tick with your friends, right? And creating. Uh, Pretend scenarios. I'm a pregnant patient. How would you examine me? How would you, what was your case history look like? Do this with practice, train, right? Training isn't just coming to class and going home. Training isn't just bubbling in scantrons and, and looking good on, a, on a, an, a, an adjustment or figuring out what's on an x-ray. That's not training. That's graduation requirements, right? Do you want to graduate with graduation requirements or do you want to train being the best you can be? So that when you decide to open up your own practice, or associate, or independent contract, that you will walk up to that person that you want to be an associate with and you say, I am ready for this. Right? Not I'm scared out of my mind about this. I am ready for this. I trained for this. I've been preparing myself like an athlete. Chiropractic is an athletic endeavor, and if you train yourself like a couch potato for athletic endeavor, you're going to have a hard time doing that performance. So I suggest you take it really seriously. Take it seriously like an athlete. Take it seriously like a Michael Phelps who swims hours and hours and hours a day, right? Take it seriously, right? Because if you, if you take it casually, you're gonna become a casualty, right? So take it seriously so that when you graduate, you're on top of things and you'll be on fire and you'll be ready for this, whether it's your own practice or associating, whatever it is, but it's up to you, right? So many. Recent graduates call me up and say, I guess I should have taken this more seriously. I guess I should have worked harder. Yes. Right? That's why they call it commencement, because that's when it begins. It doesn't end. It begins then. But that's this beginning of a new chapter. You have in this other chapter, you have rewriting the chapter now. God bless you. How you write your chapter now will determine what's going to happen in the next you know, chapter. <clears throat>